This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you survive Valentine's Day. Welcome to Tuesday, February 15th, wherever and however you're connected. Always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who I can't believe isn't sloughing school right now with BYU receivers coach Fessy Satake. His name is Jerem Jordan. I would slough uh, this show uh, for, you know, a hangout with Fessy. So he tweeted yesterday, BYU's receivers coach, not sure why, but headed into work this morning. This is yesterday. I felt the urge to bump Snoop and Dre at full blast. Yes. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was back in high school sloughing class. I mean, sitting in the front row and getting a 4-0. To which Robbie McCombs of Vanquish the Foe tweeted, Okay, I need to know. Do people in other states outside of Utah use the word slough? <laughs> I hadn't heard the term until I was at BYU. No, it's absolutely a Utah word. So Fessy says, Definitely a Utah thing. But if I'm making a nostalgic post about high school, I'm referencing everything nostalgic, which is slough. Ditching sounds so boring. <laughs> to which Jake Welch at BYU All Blue said, Slough sounds like you're sliding down the stairs in a sleeping bag. <laughs> All of this is accurate. I did that. Did you ever do that as a kid? Slide down, down the, the stairs, stairs in, in a sleeping, sleeping bag? bag? I didn't have too many houses that had like a full stairway. Okay. So, no. That but that sounds amazing. I might do that now. It was one of the greatest things that I did as a child. I, yeah. And my dad had some like. Some mattresses that were thin. They were like twin size match, twin bed size mattresses. Put against the wall. You could like lay on the stairs. Oh well, here's the thing. You You need a runway. Yes. And where I live now, I don't have a runway. You're going into the wall. (laughs) You would get a up and down, like the most slippery sleeping bag you could find, and you would fly down the stairs. I can't believe that my parents would let us do it. I'm sure my my mom was cringing the whole time because the banister and the railing are all right there, and it's like. How, well, did, how did we not get hurt? Well, now, like, my three-year-old Tate, he'll just go down the stairs <laughs> with that one, which is hilarious, too. I love it. Find him a mattress. And then I go, I, like, start, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, my ribs and my freaking appendix just burst. Like, what just happened? It's the ultimate day off. Slough school Slough. so that you can slide down the stairs on mattresses in a sleeping bag. Into a ditch. <laughs> you and I are from Utah, so... Um, yeah, we said slough. Sloughing school. Slough, yeah. Ditching, sloughing, skipping. But we never did this. I know you didn't ever because you were academic all state. Well, you basketball. know what? You know what's funny know about that, that Jerem? Like I No, no. I can only recall one specific occurrence where I asked my parents, like, can I miss school? <laughs> you asked. Okay, I asked them, can I can I miss school? And it was for March Madness. You just leave with your friends. So I could stay home and watch the early oh, games. Yeah. And my mom absolutely accommodated that. Yeah. Shout out to my mom, Christine. Real quick. Amazing. Mr. Cabanillas, my Spanish teacher, who won the Deseret K, uh, 10K marathon. or Sorry, the 10K. It's either a 10K or marathon. Like for years, this great runner. He would drink Coke constantly, by the way. Everyone was like, oh, soda slows you down. He's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, he said that if you were uh, tardy, that 2% went off your grade. Wow. So if I woke up late, I just wouldn't go. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's, I just that's, wouldn't that's go. That's beating the system. Yes, I beat the system. Well done. Did I miss like 20 Who cares? Classes that Who cares? Yeah. You beat the system. Yeah, baby. And I still got into <laughs> BYU. 
Hey, we're beating the system for a fantastic Tuesday show lineup. I love it when this show Are we immediately on? goes off the rails as soon as we start. The control room's like, we're behind! <laughs> Hurry up! Catch up! Now we'll get to your show lineup now that the important things have been discussed. <laughs> Ashley Hatch. Anyone's still watching? What a year that Ashley Hatch has had. The oh former BYU soccer star has gone legendary mode. She has made the roster for the United States Senior Women's National Team. Again. Playing soccer at the highest level. Again, as you said. Yep. Is she going to play, maybe start in the World Cup? All of those things are on the table yeah, potentially maybe. for her. Spencer Johnson of BYU Basketball will join us. What's the plan for St. Mary's now that BYU has a full week to prepare for what feels like the biggest game of the season? Mm -hmm. And what can BYU do if Fusini Traore cannot play? Plus, is the backup quarterback at BYU still the most popular guy on campus? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops is the second-to-last team in. According to Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology and in 11 seed. Could be worse, Jeremy. They could be out or the last team in. It's true. In Lucas Harkin's bracketology for Heat Check College Basketball, he has the Cougars as an 11 seed and one of the last four buys. Ooh. So, still on the bubble, but a little bit off. Which brings us to the resume update. Yeah, music change, baby. Summon the orchestra. BYU drops three to the net, drops one, uh, you know, in to 54. Ken Palm drops one to 53. Those aren't great numbers. In fact, they're bad. In fact, they're not really at large. Uh, if BYU gets in, they'll be lucky. We mentioned the bracketology. Team rankings goes down a percentile. What if BYU yeah. plays a good game against St. Mary's and like loses at the last second, it's close. They'll get a metrics bump just by playing that game on the road. Because St. Mary's is a top 25 team in net. Like BYU's Let me argue against that real quick. Metrics will improve. Well, not necessarily. It depends how you play. If they play what, well, BYU. I thought that by playing Gonzaga, BYU would go up in that. No, they went down eight. Yeah. Like, maybe that had to do with the performance against Gonzaga. Losing by 33 Just at home. Just playing that team doesn't mean you go up. So hopefully, BYU's got to play well. Play well. You got to win though. If BYU goes in as the five seed in the WCC tournament, yikes! It's not good. You're on Gonzaga's side of the bracket. You're done. Like, if BYU doesn't win Saturday, you need a miracle. We're all scoreboard watching on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, I am rooting for St. Mary's to beat San Francisco in a hard-fought, very, very taxing yes. game. Give St. Mary's the two. Yeah, and sure. And hope that BYU Correct. somehow gets Correct. to the three. That's. I am rooting for St. Mary's to beat San Francisco and LMU to somehow beat Santa Clara. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we've Let's reached go. that point. Amen. We've also reached the point where BYU does not have Baylor Romney officially as a quarterback anymore. He announces that he is officially moving on from football. He's accepted a job with Adobe as a business development representative. Translation, Baylor's going to make a lot of money as a smart guy working for Adobe. He did enter the transfer portal in December, and we learned that he turned down some pretty nice offers. He just decided that football was uh, in the past. Yeah. Tyler Algier comes in at number 91 in the Athletics' top 100 NFL draft board. He's currently number 89 on Pro Football Focus's draft board, so very similar numbers. Legendary season, over 1,600 yards. Tyler feels like a late second day, maybe early third day pick, meaning late third round, early fourth round. How much can his stock yeah. improve in the combine? It's cool that he's been invited to that. Good question. Yeah, it's a good question. Women's Hoop stays at number 20 in the latest eight people. Really? <sighs> and a five seed in the latest bracketology from ESPN's Charlie Cream, Cougars host LMU and Gonzaga, Thursday and Saturday, both on BYU TV. Hey, final games for this special group. 
You got to watch. You got to be there in person. Okay. Please. Please. <laughs> sell out Gonzaga. Oh, well, I'm on a mission oh, with the rest sell of out? the BYU. Fans. Sell out. Sell out's crazy. If we got 8K in there, tickets are amazing. $6. Tickets yeah. Are $6, so, and it's the biggest home I'm, game of the I'm year. I'm going with the fam. Yep. We're going to be there. Yeah. BYU men's volleyball still ranked number 13 in the ABCA poll, dropping from number 11. Lost both to UC San Diego in five-set thrillers. Now they're on the road at number six UC Santa Barbara Friday and Saturday. Can the Cougars somehow manage to split that series with the Gauchos? That would do a lot to help their confidence. Yes, it would. Chloe Temples is the WCC Softball Pitcher of the Week after pitching eight innings in two games, giving up a run and five hits. She's a transfer from Stetson, which is the name of my brother. Cougars play Stanford, San Jose State, Illinois, Chicago, and Seattle this week in Stanford, California. People always say Palo Alto. This is true as well. But there is a city named yes. Stanford. Yes. That is technically where Stanford is. But we say Palo Alto. Softball's good again, Jerem. Four and one in the first oh, five. If they're not good, I'll be yep. shocked. Also good. Sadie Minor Van Tassel. Amazing. <laughs> of the BYU gymnastics team. She is again. The Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Gymnast of the Week. That's five consecutive weeks. When will she not be that? 39.425 in her all-around against Boise State and a head-to-head dual meet win for the Cougars. Next meet, you can watch Sadie Minor Van Tassel and all of the Cougars, the Gym Cats, at home in the Smithfield House. Friday night, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV. By the way, nearly had an encounter with a bobcat over the weekend. Did you really? Yes. In like a ravine near my house. My dog came running back and I heard three distinct growls and then was told by my wife that neighbors have seen a bobcat in that area. I was like, ah! Keep your pets <laughs> inside the yard. We won't be wandering down there anytime soon again. Holy cow. Jeez. All rise and shout. The bobcats are out. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Cougars greater than bobcats for the record. Wouldn't want to run into one of those either. Jerem, BYU football has long been known to produce the most popular man on campus, and typically it is the backup quarterback. Yes. (laughs) Right now, it would appear, as Aaron Roderick told us last week, with Baylor Romney now officially out, that Jacob Conover... Is that guy, does he step into the role as the most popular guy on campus? He's the backup quarterback behind Jaron Hall. More importantly, does BYU have the quarterback depth necessary with Jaron Hall, Jacob Conover, Soljay Maiava, Peters, and Cade Fennigan to win 10-plus games again? Are there enough quarterbacks in that room with enough experience that if Jaron Hall goes down, BYU's going to be okay. They're going to win 10-plus again. Even if Jaron starts every game, 10-plus still feels like a stretch. It's just a really hard schedule. So um, if, if you're saying, okay, you got to get at least nine in the regular season, are there, are there three losses among this group? Baylor, at Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Arkansas, at Boise State, and then Utah State got way better at the end of the season. Who knows? Yeah, there are probably three losses there. Um, but, yeah, could you get to nine? That would be pretty good. That'd be really good. Like, can BYU overachieve again? Without Tyler Algier, it feels like it might be more of a challenge. Hopefully, BYU, the sum of the parts can offensively equal similar production. I'm not talking rushing yards. I'm just talking, like, efficient. can Jaron Hall be the same kind of efficient? Sure. Can Christopher Brooks come in and do some nice things behind that offensive line? He won't be a 1,600-yard guy, we don't think. But can he be a 1,000-yard guy? Oh, I'd be amazing. Or a 1,200-yard guy or something, right? 
can the defense be as opportunistic as they were, and can the offense not turn it over? Can you? The chances are that's going to be hard, right? But hopefully BYU continues to evolve. The program gets better. Hopefully the O-line's as dominant as we're hoping they are. Da, da, da. The, but the reality is that Jaron Hall has missed several starts in, in two different years, right? Based on he had two concussions. Yes. He missed all of 2020 with the hip. This last year, you know, he, he had uh, an injury as well that prevented him from, uh, you know, a couple of games. So it, it's – and honestly, I, I'm not picking on Jaron. Generally speaking, the, I, I wish I knew the number. I don't – is you're going to start two different quarterbacks in a season. Like, almost everyone does. Even Georgia did. You know what I mean? Like, and there were injuries and ineptitude, the two eyes sometimes, right? So the, the chances of that happening are not high, which brings us to the stat of the day. Ooh. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In 11 seasons of independence now, BYU's had two seasons where one quarterback started every game. 2013 Taysom Hill, 2020 Zach Wilson, okay? which is incredible. So chances are you're going to start multiple guys. To me, it's not about who's there. Like, Jaron Hall had a tremendous year. I'm very excited. Jacob Connor, we think he can be a baller when he gets the chance, right? And then we don't know much about everyone behind that. Kate Fennigan, we've seen play against BYU thrown in there. He was technically the fourth stringer, third stringer that day, but fourth stringer on the depth chart. Soljay Mojave you mentioned. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. But, yeah, 10, listen, I don't care how you slice it. Yeah. If you only got nine in the regular season, tremendous. It's clearly a lot to ask expecting BYU to win 10 games next year. And, to your point, even if Jaron Hall starts every game, to me, that's the key is keeping him healthy. Like, BYU winning 10 games, they probably need Jaron Hall to be the starter in every game. To have that shot. Yes. Yes. That, that's what it feels like. And even then, it's, uh, it's a big ask. That's not saying that the guys behind him can't come in. And it's all situational. Like, if, if Jaron can't play against Dixie State, or will it be Utah Tech in the Utah fall? Tech. Yeah. So it will be the Utah Tech Live on BYU TV, okay. Spence. Don't forget. Okay. Don't forget. You know what? BYU could probably win that game without Jaron Hall playing. Or East Carolina's got to come all the way to Provo. Yeah. Jacob Conover, Kate Fennigan, Soljami Peters, BYU offense, Aaron Roderick. They could probably figure it out against some of the lower tier group of five teams. There just aren't we, that many. We got 2017 payback, by the way, with East, with East Carolina. <laughs> I know. I know. We haven't forgotten. I'll never forget that road trip. <laughs> that was rough. That was rough. But, yeah, so it's situational. If, if BYU's having to start a backup quarterback against some of the power fives or multiple power fives, uh, it just feels like good night to the idea of 10-plus wins. Jaron Hall staying healthy and maybe handing the ball off more and doing some things to try and keep himself healthy, great. Um, but he, here's the thing with Jaron. This is this is a tough balance because he knows he's got the injury history, but yet we want him to play like he hasn't been injured like to a degree. Right? Go out and pl- don't worry about it. Just do your thing. Be an athlete. That's a difficult balance to handle mentally for him. Yes, and it didn't help that he broke a rib in game one and played pe- through it. A lot of people have talked about yeah against Arizona State. He beat when the, Utah when the guy landed with up. hurt ribs. It, yes. No one knew. He just played through it. He's a tough cookie, right? So that's awesome that he could play through that. But he wasn't like the same dude per se, right? He was throwing really effectively despite that, but he couldn't be the runner that beat Utah, right? 
I don't think BYU beats Baylor last year, but if Jaron Hall is healthy and can run against Boise State, who knows? That was a fumble situation, but yeah, it's Jacob Conover's backup job to lose now with no Baylor Romney. It was pretty good, man. Five and one as a starter. G5 killer. He is the guy. G5 killer, man. <laughs> he was good. Be- BYU. Beat Boise State in 2019, who was number 14. BYU's two and four at the time. That's one of the biggest wins that's happened in recent history for BYU, and Baylor Romney was the guy that night. As a freshman, Baylor's one of the. He's he might be like if we if we list like the the best backup quarterbacks in BYU history. Well, are we doing like young and eighty? Yeah. How do you how do you one? quantify that? Like <laughs> <laughs> Jim McMahon in seventy eight nine yeah, redshirting. Does yeah. BYU have the quarterback depth necessary to win ten plus games again? It's probably going to be a scenario where they have to start at least two. That's just. The percentages say that's what's going to happen. And hopefully we won't see the backup in how many days? Woo! Countdown to the Bulls. 200 days, exactly 200 days away from the Bulls of USF. I love that we play the bull sound. Luckily, it wasn't a bull chasing after me. (laughs) Brian Buss on Twitter leads us off in Voice of the Nation. This is... The voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brian Buss says, I really don't know if BYU has the quarterback depth necessary to win 10 plus games. If Hall stays healthy, answer is yes. If Hall misses a game or two, then is Conover the answer? Maybe. Another quarterback, even less certain. Loss of Romney hurts due to experience and what we knew before USF and certainly Boise. We had no idea what BYU had in Baylor Romney. True. He needed an opportunity. Jacob Conover was handing off to Tyler Ogier for the most part in his first real action right at Utah State when Baylor Romney. That worked well. Yes, it did. <laughs> Many times. It almost worked against UAB. Needed a little more there. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join that conversation. Coming up, Sean Olmstead's animated doppelganger. And a forward and former BYU star now competing for the U.S. national women's team in soccer. It's amazing. Ashley Hatch. How did she find out that she was on the roster? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight, BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Alex Barcelo is the player guest. Oh, it's going to be great. Film room with Spencer Johnson, who we will hear from later on this very program as well. 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Will Foose play this week? That'll be a discussion point, I imagine. That is the discussion point, right? (laughs) Santa Maria, let's go. Good grief. We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Earlier this morning, Jerem had the opportunity to speak with the big woman on campus, and not just BYU's campus, like the United States Women's National Team campus. She's crushing it, and she had a great year last year. Here's my conversation with the one and only Ashley Hatch. Ashley, it has been a minute. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Not as good as you, though, uh, because 2021 <laughs> seemed like perhaps the greatest year of your life. Uh, what was it like? Because you led the NWSL in goals with Golden Boot. You make the national team. You're scoring goals. It's a pretty good year, right? Yeah, I would say it's definitely up there in my uh, soccer career for sure. <laughs> What was it like to get that opportunity? Because we saw you at BYU and you were an amazing player, but it's taken a couple of years. You've had to really 
navigate uh, you know, injuries and opportunities to get to this point. So what, what was that journey like to, to get to the point where you're scoring for the U.S.? <laughs> um, it's definitely a long journey, um, lots of ups and downs, but just, you know, consistent hard work, just doing what I can within my sphere of influence and just, you know, taking the opportunities when they present themselves. So, uh, like you said, a long road, but excited that it's going down this way. Let's talk uh, club. So Washington Spirit, you guys win the NWSL. You, you're the golden boot uh, winner with all the all the mo the most goals in the league. What was that experience like to have an individual accomplishment like that, but also the team accomplishment? Um, it was, I don't know, quite amazing. It's hard to explain. Um, being able to win the championship um, with my team, especially through like a tough year. Um, I don't know. It was just, like I said, it's really hard to explain. One of my um, favorite moments in my career so far is being able to lift that trophy with my team. Um, and then also to be able to have an individual accomplishment of getting um, golden boot within the same year. Um, I don't know. It's just, it was awesome. <laughs> Given the off the field issues, concerns, struggles that were, were real and real challenging, what did it mean to, at the end of the day, be able to win and sort of validate the hard work in spite of those hard things? It meant a lot. It meant just like that, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the players. And we kind of proved that, that no matter what's going on around us, we can come together and pretty much conquer anything. And so it, it was a little bit extra special to be able to do that with, with this group. And this year, there was some question as to whether you'd be playing and how quickly, um, you know, for those who haven't followed the story with the league, tell us about kind of what got done and now you're going to be able to play, which is great. Yeah, so we finally um, solidified our first ever uh, collective bargaining agreement as a league, which is huge. So us as players have a lot more rights uh, moving forward and we have a lot more structure. And that's really exciting because that means the longevity of the league is promising. And so our NWSL Players Association put in a ton of work over the off season and just grinded it out and got it done before season because... If it didn't get done, we'd probably have a little bit delay to our season. So, so it's huge for us. Can you talk to Major League Baseball about this? I would like spring training to start here soon. <laughs> Can you guys help with that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a tough process, so hopefully they can figure it out. <laughs> so tell us what's going well with the league, the domestic United States League here, NWSL, and tell us where it needs to go in your opinion. Um, well, well, what's going well is the players. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of really talented, um, hardworking players. And so we added two new teams in California this season, which I'm excited about LA and San Diego. Um, it, it needs to continue to grow and we need to continue to, um, expand exposure. We need more people watching. We need more viewership. Um, that'll definitely help, you know, with sponsorships, with, you know, with money. There's lots that um, continue that needs to continue to improve, but it is improving. So it's good to see that it's moving that direction. We're already adding two new teams in one year, which I think will be very solid teams. So if we can continue to do that year by year, I think that will help a lot. Absolutely. We're talking to Ashley Hatch on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about what happened after the club season for you. So club and then country. You've been with the United States before and debuted in Sandy, which was super cool. But now you actually got to start and play against Australia. And you score 24 seconds into a game and then three minutes into the other game. What was that experience like? Uh, 
it was an unreal experience to go from winning a championship and then hopping on a plane the next day to fly out to Australia. It was, it was wild, but to be able to get the start and then help the team finish a pretty early goal was exciting. And it was just exciting. Like it made me want more, you know, to be able to play with a team that's so competitive and, you know, the style of play is like, ruthless so we can get opportunities that early so it was just exciting and i hope that i can continue to um, be available for this team have you scored a faster goal than 24 seconds i'm not sure i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty fast it's pretty good well you certainly belong among that group but did you have a moment and maybe it was in your previous stint in camp with the u.s a couple years ago where you were like whoa what am i doing here did you have a moment like that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think definitely my first ever camp when I was still in college at BYU, I was just like, wow, like, I've been watching these girls play on TV forever. Like, these girls are legends. So um, I've definitely had those moments of, like, I've got, you know, a long way to go. I've got lots more to experience to get on the same level as these girls. Um, but now I definitely feel like I have a little bit more experience under my belt, and I feel a bit more comfortable among all these players. <laughs> You're in camp right now, uh, getting ready to play some matches this week, Thursday night against the Czech Republic, Sunday against New Zealand. What's this camp been like now that you're a seasoned vet with the USA Women's National Team? <laughs> I don't know if I feel comfortable <laughs> saying a seasoned vet yet, but um, it's definitely exciting. Like I've, I've said time and time again, it's always an honor to be in this environment. Um, it's constantly pushing me to learn more, to do better, to improve um, so many different areas in my game, and then to be able to play among all the other best players in the league. Um, it's really fun to be on their team. Um, so I'm excited. This camp has been great. I'm like I said, I'm continually I'm continually learning more and more about the game because the coaching staff is just brilliant. So um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Tell us about the the NWSL and overseas soccer as it pertains to uh, the women's game because uh, Michelle Vasconcelos is with Sevilla on loan in Spain. Mm-hmm. There are other leagues out there, right? So what's what's the best fit in terms of, uh, you know, staying in the U.S. versus perhaps going overseas to other leagues that are growing? Granted, the USA has been big mm-hmm. on women's soccer for a long time. Yeah, um, there are lots of options to play overseas. And like you, like you said, Michelle went overseas, and it seems like she's doing great and loving it, which is really cool. Um, but, yeah, each league, each opportunity is different for everyone because of this new CBA, hopefully we'll be able to keep more players (laughs) in our league and they won't have to go overseas to find an opportunity. Um, But yeah, it's, there's different leagues, different divisions, different levels. Um, Obviously like the European side of the women's game is really good. And maybe one day I'd love to try a stint over there, Um, but it's also super competitive. Um, And it's also hard for those players to come over here and play in our league because we only have so many international spots and it's just a different style of soccer so um it's really exciting that it's grown, like women's soccer is growing all over the world and there's opportunities for us to play all over the world this last year how much were you able to catch the BYU women's soccer run to the national championship game <laughs> I watched as much as I could it was it was pretty exciting I definitely watched um the semi and the final so it was it was fun to watch them and there's two players from that team who will join you in the league, which is exciting. Michaela Coulihan with the Orlando Pride and then Cameron Tucker with Gotham FC, which is like the coolest name of any club like in the whole world. It's so cool. Um, for how good BYU's been in women's soccer, there's been a handful, right, that have made it professionally. 
I'm excited to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more in the league. I think that's going to be fun for the program. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm excited, too. And if you've seen our Challenge Cup schedule, I get to play both Michaela and Cam, uh, both their teams early in the season. So I'm excited to play against them and also see how they do in the league. I think they'll do great. Does that mean we're going to have like a jersey swap photo at some point with both? (laughs) That would actually be pretty cool. Maybe we will. (laughs) Yeah, we need like the hallway littered with uh, all the jerseys from all of you uh, in the women's soccer offices. I think that'd be pretty good, right? Yeah. We got to get that going. <laughs> Actually, it was cool for Jan uh, Rockwood to finally get that final four. Um, that was the only thing missing from mm-hmm. her resume. And she's been the program, the only coach. What did it mean to you as yeah. a former player to see that happen for her? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, she's worked so hard and she puts everything she has into every single team. Um, so to be able to watch her, you know, have that success that she did this year was just really exciting and very well-deserved and I'm excited now that she's been there she knows you know what it's like and what it takes so hopefully she can continue to take the program there every year. Over the weekend we were talking about Alex Barcelo went for 33 on the men's basketball team Arizona kid (laughs) Shaylee Gonzalez went for 35 Arizona kid Arizona kid the the Arizona (laughs) BYU connection is a strong one is it not? (laughs) Yes it is. That's pretty awesome. Okay, well, Ashley, uh, congratulations on all the success. Thanks for the time, and uh, good luck Thursday night against the Czech Republic. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Ashley Hatch on BYU Sports Nation. I know we've talked to her twice in the past six weeks. I want to talk to her, like, every week now because this is incredible what she's doing. Yeah, she's fantastic, and she's taken off. She's actually become a better pro than she even was at BYU, and she was awesome here. So that's the goal is that you go to the next level and you get even better. Which has been we, – we always wondered, why is she getting looks from the USA national team? But it took a couple years, and then now she's a, a part of the forwards there. There's like six forwards. You have to crack the top six in the country. It's pretty crazy. It's amazing, and that's yeah. the best team in the world, Jerem. Mm-hmm. The best team in the world. Although they have lost a little more recently than usual. So it, but it's like – it's tough competition yeah. in the world. Everybody's Ash- good. Ashley Hatch is on a team, on a roster, that Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan did not make. Yeah. Think about that. They're getting old. Yes. Slash, they're like, just tell, new age. Uh, slash, they're like, just let us know when the World Cup qualifies. <laughs> Coming up, Spencer Johnson on his offensive resurgence Saturday in the big game this week in Morocco. Shaley Gonzalez of BYU Women's Basketball scored 35. That was clearly enough to help BYU win on the road at St. Mary's, but apparently not enough for what we thought would be an obvious weekly award. No respect. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Do you like amazing basketball and loud noises? Yeah. Well, boy, will you like Thursday at 1 Eastern time as it's Kids Day, 20th ranked BYU hosting LMU. A lot of SpongeBob SquarePants being yelled, stuff like that. It's going to be fantastic. The shrilling (laughs) is next level. Much shrilling will be had, Spencer. (laughs) Yes. He is Jeremiah. I'm Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you know what to do. Follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Kayla Gonzalez did not win West Coast Conference Player of the Week, and women's hoops did not move up in the AP poll. Who got more disrespected? 
I'm going to go with the team. Just because there are more involved there. It's yeah. ridiculous that this team has yeah. not moved up one spot in the last two weeks. They should be like 13th. Come on. Come on, come on now. 21 and 2. They got penalized for losing a quad one game on the road at Portland. Like, so that's not a bad loss. Sydney Hunter won West Coast Conference Player of the Week from San Diego. She had three 20-point games and two double-doubles. So I could see the argument. Sure. Yeah, but she beat Pacific and LMU, Jeremy. Yeah. Come on. Tyler Algier made Dane Brugler's top 100 players in the NFL draft coming in at number 91. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Probably just right. He's the fourth running back in there. They have Kenneth Walker the third at 40, Isaiah Spiller at 55, and Brees Hall at 59. So just right. If that's the case, probably late third round. I'll take I'll take top four rounds for Tyler right now. If Tyler Algier is a top five running back drafted this year, that's good by me. Because he's probably a top 100 pick overall, and he's going by the fourth round, which I think is totally yes. fair. And the draft's interesting. What do teams need, and where are you? Like, first round uh, running backs, like Jonathan Taylor was picked at the very end of the first round. Like, it's not a thing anymore. So you wait until the third and fourth to get your get your guy. Yeah, totally, totally fair. He's a top yeah. 100 player in the draft. That's awesome. That is pretty cool. Brett McMurphy released way too early bowl predictions. Has BYU in the Hawaii Bowl versus Western Kentucky. Excuse me, Western Kentucky mm. has 24 and a half point favorites. You like? Oh, we've got lines for these games. <laughs> <laughs> Not just opponent and bowl, lines. Uh, the Hilltoppers? Hey, that the, the mascot battle? It's a great mascot battle, right? That was big time in 2020. The crowd really enjoyed that one. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, no crowd. I like the idea of BYU being in Hawaii again. It's mm-hmm. always fun. Yeah. I like the idea of Our us boss being is right in here. Hawaii again. Junior, can we go to Hawaii again if BYU is <laughs> playing in the Hawaii? He nodded his head. Yes, sweet. Hey, if that's, let, let's say BYU's 9-3. and three. They're playing Western Kentucky for a shot of 10 wins. In Hawaii, I'll take it. Well, BYU had a shot of 10 wins and played UAB. That is, hopefully it no, works no, out. had 11 wins. They had 10 For wins. 11. You're right. Oh, a mere 10. <laughs> Speaking of BYU football, we talked about the quarterback situation. Baylor Romney is officially not involved in that. He went pro. To or, Adobe. or is he still involved, Jeremy? More likely to come out of retirement sometime in the next year, Tom Brady or Baylor Romney? Probably Thomas Brady. Yes. Colin Coward thinks uh, Tom Brady the Niners is a thing. Who knows? I don't see Baylor coming out of retirement unless BYU's down to like the fourth string and they're like, hey, Baylor, can you suit up this week against Utah State? Can you imagine Tom <laughs> Brady joining the 49ers and then automatically the 49ers are the favorites to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. No, they have a tr- <laughs> they have a top five defense. He's 44 at that point. They're a good, they're a, like better than Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. They would be the Super Bowl favorites. Yes, it's they amazing. would. Zach Wilson was hanging out with some notable fellow NFL players on Super Bowl Sunday, so we asked this. Which group of people would you rather hang out with? George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Braxton Berrios. One of these is not like the others. Or Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Cindy Crawford. <laughs> he had a photo with Cindy Crawford. George Kittle seems like a fantastic hang. Yes, he does. Super fun. He'd be too good of a hang for people like you and me from Brigham. Probably. But I would want to rib Josh Allen about <laughs> losing to BYU in his final collegiate game at Wyoming. And I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a good person. And Cindy Crawford is somebody that... We, I mean, she was the swimsuit model that, that we grew up with. It was Kathy Ireland and Cindy Crawford. Like, she's legendary, right? Go Cougs. Go Cougs. I'll take group number two for 500, Jerem. Go Cougs. <laughs> Sadie Miner Van Tassel, we told you earlier, won the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Gymnast of the Week for a fifth straight week. Will she ever not win Gymnast of the Week again? There will be one week where she doesn't where she doesn't compete she just takes it easy oh. and that's why she's not going to win it okay that's why okay 
And finally, does oh, men's volleyball head coach Sean Olmstead look like the dad from Inside Out? <laughs> How does he not, right? Shout out to Ben and Krista Conover who came up <laughs> with this from Dallas. Oh, so good. <laughs> the expression on the face of the character from Inside Out is also great. Oh, it's fantastic. Hey, look. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a thing. It's a thing. And if the Y words get back to what we did in years previous, Jaron, we, that will, we that probably will come out again. let yeah. that doppelganger resurface yes, again. Exactly. Doppelgangers are one of my favorite parts of that. I'm excited we're going to Hawaii in December now. This is playing, exciting. Playing the Hilltoppers? Yeah, let's gonna go. Going to win 10 games? I don't care who we play. I just want to go. Right. And it's uh, not in that uh, condemned stadium, you know. It's in the uh, other one. Coming up, where does Alex Barcelo's 9 of 10 from 3 Saturday rank among the greatest three-point shooting games in Cougar history? Ooh, is Jimmer Fredette in that list? Better believe it. BYU men's basketball. Spencer Johnson joins us as well. That dude could shoot the three. Stay with us. Hopefully BYU shoots the three well at St. Mary's. This is BYU Sports Nation. One of my favorite Spencers on campus. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Oh, that was such a great play against Houston. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, I talked with Washington Commanders, still weird to say that, receiver Dax Milne, about a 2020 season at BYU, the Coastal Carolina game, the decision to leave early, his rookie year in the NFL. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, live from Studio B. Joining us now, a member of the BYU men's basketball team as he prepares for the game at St. Mary's this Saturday night, Spencer Johnson. It's Spencer and Spencer and Jerem on BYU Sports Nation. I don't even know why I'm here, I'll be honest. <laughs> I feel like I should just leave. That could be a thing later, right? Spencer and Spencer? Could be. You never know. You know, never say never. All right. Uh, thanks, Bieber. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do a pod with Jaron Hall, Jaron and Jaron. See, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. We'll talk quarterbacking. I'll just let him talk. Spencer, congratulations on going 2-0 and last weekend. Yeah, that was dude. a wild way to do it, but you did it. What was the key to – erasing a 17-point deficit against LMU, and then outscoring a red-hot shooting Pepperdine team as well? Um, well winning's always hard. Everybody knows that. So especially getting two wins on the road against teams that were shooting like that um, is huge for us. We love it. We, we had to come in and you know figure out some, some defensive schemes um, because both those teams were playing really well. But it felt good to, to finally get back on track you know, to, to where we are. You guys were experiencing something you hadn't before, which is a four-game losing streak, right? Um, what, what did it take to climb out of that emotionally and physically? Because I know it was pretty difficult for the group. It was hard. I mean, um, I don't think any of us, like, probably had never been there in our lives, had ever lost four games in a row. So it was hard. We kind of had to figure out, um, do some soul-searching, you know, about uh, what we wanted and, and what we – um, we're willing to give and sacrifice and, and keep pushing uh, toward. So, we, you know, we, we came together. We figured that out as a group, and um, we regrouped. And it, it just felt so good to go win those two games. During the CBS Sports broadcast against San Francisco, they talked about a players-only meeting. Yeah. The players-only meeting happened. Yeah. This is when, when crap hits the fan, the players-only meeting happened. Right? Totally. Where totally. you're like, all right, we got to rally. <laughs> what was discussed in that? What, what did you guys discover? And I think you were talking about some of those elements. Yeah. We just talked about, you know, like <clears throat> we had these goals at the beginning of the season and um, we're losing a little bit of, uh, of, of the sight, we, we felt like, of those goals. And um, so we kind of broke it down into what we had to get back to and and you know what really counts and matters and what made us so successful at the beginning of the year 
And so we just had to, you know, figure out how we were going to get back to that. What was so successful at the beginning of the year that you're trying to refine? It was our defense and rebounding. Yep. You know, it, it seems so simple. Like you, you do these simple things every day, like day in and day out. But it really was you, you get stops and you rebound out, rebound the other team. And um, that's where we were beating San Diego State and Oregon and, you know, all these these really good teams. BYU basketball has had to redefine itself from a roster standpoint several times this year, largely because of injuries and attrition. Uh, no Gavin Baxter, no Richard Harward. Now Fusini Traore is questionable for the game against St. Mary's. How do you do this again? You know, lose another big man potentially if Fus can't go on Saturday and find a way to win in Moraga. What do you have to do? We just have to keep fighting for each other. Um you know, the game of basketball, in my mind, is, is really indicative of, you know, the game of life as well. Like, you can't always control what happens to you guys go down or, you know, something happens. It's super unexpected, but um, you, you surround yourself with good people and, and people that have your back, and um, you just keep fighting for each other. And, you know, we're calling on Caleb Lohner to play the five, and that's not his natural position, and a lot of guys aren't really playing their natural position, but... Um, we're putting in extra work after practice to kind of figure out those nuances of the game. What does coach want when I play this spot? And we just keep coming and fighting for each other. So it's super special and super fun to, to be a part of, to, to see guys, you know, kind of take a step and, and take that growth. Now it's Gideon playing the four yeah. sometimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's guarding like a 6-9 you know, center against Pepperdine or whatever. Um, okay, the last couple games – the two best not, uh, D1 offensive games of the year. Boom. Explosion. But it was the lowest defensive rated games of the year, too. So you won with defensive rebounding against St. Mary's. Can you sort of, in a week, snap back into what you did against St. Mary's? Is, is it hard, given the way sort of the last two games were played? Um, it'll be a challenge for sure. I think we can do it, though. You know, we're, we're totally capable of it. And it's definitely a mind shift or a mindset shift. And, um, but totally, totally something we can do. And every game's different, right? It, just because you played the last two that way doesn't mean you will play yeah. a similar game. Totally. Have you, are you guys watching a ton of that first game with St. Mary's? Because it's been a minute, but that was one of the best defensive yeah. performances in a long time here against that kind of team. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, we've been, we've been watching a ton of film. They got us in there. You know, watching this clip, watching this guy. Um, how did our defense look on on this possession, on this possession? What are we going to do here? And, I mean, you guys watched that game. What did they go, like 12 minutes without scoring? Yeah, it was it was like a stupid amount. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, that's going to be really hard to, re to repeat, but um, definitely, definitely doable. Spencer Johnson of BYU Basketball is with us on BYU Sports Nation. 18 turnovers against Pepperdine, and I feel strongly – and. I'm guessing that you would agree with me that it's not a close game the way you shot the ball if you take better care of the ball. So what's yeah. the key to having better ball security, for lack of a better phrase? Um, we talked a lot about um, while we were going through this, trying to figure out what we were going to do, is we talked about our pace, our pace on offense. And the ball gets really sticky and, and kind of sloppy when we're, um, when, we're, when we're going up the court kind of slow and we're we're coming, we're doing lazy handoffs and things like that. Um, so I think our pace on offense, you know, racing down to the corner and handing it off strong and coming off strong and setting your guy up for a ball screen. And those things will really help to, to fix 
um, those lazy kind of lackadaisical turnovers. Um, also coming to the to two feet in the lane. Um, they called some charges, which I'm not really sure about. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So that always, that that's always uh, that always sucks, but you know, we got it. Yeah. And a uh, little tease to tonight, uh, we hung out in the film room, which was super fun. Uh-huh. That will debut tonight on the Pope Show. But you, uh, you, found, you found your offense again. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the key to that for you, scoring a dozen on Saturday? Man, my teammates have been so great. My coaches, they've all been in my ear like, Spence, we need you. We need you to take shots. We need you to be confident. Just, just have faith and let that thing fly. Like, you know, you, you put in too much work and, and too many shots, so just shoot the ball. We're going to give you – all of the BYU Sports Nation karma, Spencer. Okay, just we like just, if we have another guest this week, bring it they'll on. get I none. Need it. I need it. We're just giving it to you to give to your, you know yourself, the team, yes. everybody. Like we, uh, an ample amount of BYU Sports Nation yes. karma headed your way. By the way, have you signed the flag? I did. I signed it when you I signed. Okay, my first time here. So, we don't know when the last time. It's been so long. <laughs> it's like pre-pandemic, maybe. Yes. I'm trying to find myself. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. So we're just you found yourself Saturday, oh, right Spencer. There, there he is. Okay, right there. he's got it. Nice. Now that you've located your signature and the karma has been transferred, <laughs> now the true manifestation go. can go into wire transferred. <laughs> Offshore accounts. Hey, good luck against St. Mary's. Uh, congratulations on finding your offensive mojo. We look forward to another good game with the Gales. Thanks, guys. In tonight's film room, dude. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Can't wait. Okay, coming up, rise and shout-outs. And the top five three-point shooting performances mm. in BYU men's basketball history. We saw one Saturday. It's BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Following Alex Barcelo's incredible 9 of 10 shooting from the three-point line on Saturday, we're looking back at the top five individual three-point shooting games in BYU men's basketball history. Number five, go to the Diamond Head Classic 2015, where Chase Fisher torched New Mexico for nine threes. Nine of 14 at 41 points. Seen uh, BYU light up New Mexico a couple of times, going back to Jimmer Fredette, 52 points. Nine threes from Chase Fisher once said, I'm, a, I'm about three things, God, guns, and America. The pride of Ripley, West Virginia. Let's go, Chase. Hey, uh, Chase had some respect for Jimmer Fredette. He watched Jimmer a lot. That's a big reason why he came to BYU. Uh, speaking of this Jimmer footage. Oh, this is great. I haven't seen this in a long time. Pixelated footage. Jim reported nine three-pointers against the Arizona Wildcats in a 99-point performance by BYU. The Cougars destroyed the yeah. Wildcats that night. Jimmer had 49. Jimmer was still in with three minutes to go up 30. <laughs> this, this is when he was like, this is when he Great. really burst onto the scene. Like, people were like, what? what? This who, is junior, who is this kid? This is junior year. Yep. Yep. First team All-American preseason next year. Number three. Go to Malibu. Alex Barcelo, Saturday. Nine of ten from three. Ah, he he five scored. threes in the first six and a half minutes. He scored 33 points on 12 field goals and four free throws. Like, <laughs> you may not ever see that again. That was amazing. Unbelievable performance from him. Yes, Jay Billis, he is the best shooter in the country. At number two, some Chase Fisher is good, more is better. Something about these uh, tournaments in Hawaii for Chase Fisher. Against Chaminade, count him ten three-pointers. 
he made the first eight three-pointers that he shot in the game. Okay, so didn't, he have, didn't he have nine at halftime? I think so. What a disappointing <laughs> second half from Chase. Yeah, I remember it was going it was going bonkers. Yes, it was Ian Chaminade, but when you make nine three-pointers in a half, you're going to get put on national notice. And number one, the NCAA wants to erase this from the record book. We don't care. Nick Emery made 10 of 12 threes against San Francisco. Look how deep that is. As a freshman, I believe, right? 37 points. BYU put up 114 that night. 10 of 12 for Nicholas Emery. He, I mean, he's pulling up that, that Jimmer range. Mm. Like just deep three after deep three pointer. Could have used a couple of these at home against San Francisco. Woo! Nick Emery. 10 of 12 threes. Just besting Chase Fisher's 10 of 13 at number two. Pretty bad. We went objectively just by number and percentage right on that list. Our question of the day, back to BYU football. Does BYU have the quarterback depth necessary to win 10-plus games again? It's Jaron Hall's show. He's clearly the guy. If he can't play, do they have enough to win 10-plus games? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Tyson Peterson says, Jaron has done some great things, and I wish Baylor Romney all the best, but wish Baylor was staying. BYU has a lot of potential with quarterback depth. It'll be good to see a battle in spring practice. Is it going to be, a, gonna be a battle for second and third? Because I don't even know. If Aaron Roderick a... told us that, that Jacob Conover, is, he's got the leeway to be yeah. the second guy, yeah. as he should be. Yeah. Not, I don't think there will be a battle. No. All right. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Gideon George, uh, for his continued great efforts, uh, sending shoes back home to Nigeria. Some of the, uh, the, I guess, the rest of the shoes or another shipment of the shoes uh, got there. Thanks to Juco Advocate for his great work with the video. So this is so awesome. Love it. Love seeing the kids with the shoes, man. Our thanks to today's guest, Ashley Hatch, and uh, the young man we just talked to, Spoots, Spencer Johnson. Started Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Stacy Jensen. BYU Women's Basketball shout out. We'll see you tonight. My lender. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. She's your lender? She's my lender. Go Cougs.